0: Uh, A chance to hit it like that, and he's able to make some guys miss. I mean, we can be very explosive in the run game. Did
1: you know right away that he was going to take that one? Yeah, I mean,
0: I I handed off and looked back, and you could have driven a semi truck through that hole. So I mean, but uh, but overall, just it it was gritty. It wasn't pretty. A lot of things that we got to improve on, Um, and but uh, but proud of the guys that fought. (laughs) It sure wasn't easy. It wasn't pretty, and of course, you couldn't fully enjoy it, but that's the life of being a Jet fan, and it is the Jetsway podcast. We're back again. It's Jake, joined tonight by our good buddy, Mr. Ben Perez. Before we get to Benny, we have to get to our good friends over at Underdog Fantasy, and look, you guys know the drill. Use promo code Jetsway, and new customer deposits can be matched up to $100. Underdog has you covered for all of your basic needs on any given day for football season, pick daily fantasy. They got it all covered. Download the Underdog app today. And look, I was one leg short of winning pretty big on Underdog. I had the odds boost and everything like that. Just didn't work out. Mark Andrews not catching a touchdown. and The ball going through his hands cost me. Had a pretty nice little payout from our good friends over at Underdog. But there's always another day to play at Underdog Fantasy. Must be 18 years or older in New York and New Jersey and present. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or 1-877-HOPE-NY and visit www.ncpgambling.org. Bro, what's up? What's
1: going on, brother? How you doing today?
0: Eh, You know, can't even enjoy a win in peace, but... (laughs) yeah, Why why would
1: we? Why not? Yeah,
0: why would we? It never comes easy to us, bro. It it really doesn't. bro.
1: But here we
0: are. All right, so before we get into, obviously, AVT being gone for the year... I just want to talk about the game because despite the win, and I'm not going to sit here and just act completely miserable with ABT out for the year, and the team did win. Look, we wanted them to win, and obviously I would be sitting here screaming and yelling if they lost. We have to go over. There was definitely some things that were not good in this game. Let's be honest here and just take off the green glasses for a minute. I want to start off first with this coaching staff, Benny. Again, team's not prepared to play football. It, it is evident that this team was not prepared, especially on defense. I mean, how many weeks in a row are we going to allow the other team to score points on their opening possession? That's horrible. And, of course, the offense off to a slow start. Do we even practice scripted plays in practice during the week? It, it's alarming, Benny. And we're not even getting into the decisions, but I want to talk about, yet again, another slow start.
1: It's 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 a huge red flag. We're, we're constantly always playing from behind. Uh, th- like, you, like you mentioned, every team comes out and scores a touchdown on us almost immediately. And all we heard about this all off season was how great this defense is. 85 bears talk that we all know was obviously ridiculous, but uh, it, it's, it is alarming because you want these guys firing ready to play. We all knew this was a quote unquote must win game. If we wanted to have any kind of season and they came out flat the offense never comes out with any kind of firepower uh, and the defense always comes out flat and lets of points. So, it, 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 I do I do believe it's a coaching issue. I don't know what they can do to fix it, Um, but it, it definitely is alarming, man.
0: And it's not only just starting off slow, Benny. And in that slow start this week and other weeks especially, how many penalties are we going to have to start off a game, right? There seems to be constant penalties. A guy on the offensive line every single week seems to get their weekly holding penalties, to, especially early in the games. Even on defense, it's C.J. Mosley, a ridiculous illegal contact penalty with Russell Wilson. All right, you think they're off the field? Oh no, wait! There's a penalty to open up the game, and also too many men on the field. How is that even a thing, bro? Yeah, that is inexcusable to have too many men on the field, especially early in the game. That's that's all on coaching, and we're not only we're not even going to get into before the half how they completely botched the time management, dude. Yeah, this team, and and you even saw with the offensive line just walking up to the line, taking their time. That shows that they are not well schooled whatsoever, and. Mm-hmm. It's tough to take this team seriously from a long-term view, especially if we get to the playoffs with Aaron Rodgers and we have these big games. If we can't even do these little things correctly, we're asking Aaron Rodgers to really cover up for a lot of coaching deficiencies because, again, the team's not prepared. They're getting undisciplined penalties. They seem not to be learning from their penalties on a weekly basis. It is a huge concern. If we were playing any other football team this week, we probably would have gotten absolutely smoked. We were lucky yeah. we were playing the Denver Broncos. I tell you what, if we come out and we start off slow against uh, Philadelphia, good God, because their teams, bro, they're going to put you away if you don't start off fast. I don't want to yep. hear this nonsense that, oh, you know, that they make the adjustments and you got to give coaching staff credit. No, 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 no. If you don't start off well against teams, they're going to put you away, and those adjustments won't, we- won't mean a damn thing.
1: Yeah, no, I, I mean, I've been seeing it all day on Twitter. It's like, oh, we're giving Sala credit. We're giving Ulbrich credit for the adjustments made in the second half. Why can't we go into these games hitting on all cylinders? And like you said, it's the undisciplined stuff. Every every time we, it looks like we're we're moving the ball just a little bit. You can all. It's almost automatic that we're gonna somehow mess it up with a flag, a holding penalty, to uh offensive line being too far downfield, something along those lines that automatically kills the drive. Uh, and I, honestly, like Brees Hall is extremely special. we, we thank God we had him. Uh, I was unimpressed by the uh, Nate Hackett's play calling. I know it's all a revenge game. Nate, Nate Hackett did this. Nate Hackett. We won for Nate Hackett. Honestly, outside of Brees Hall doing what Brees Hall does, the offensive play calling was not all that impressive. There was no creativity. There was nothing there. Uh, we, we were just lucky for Brees to, to be able to break those long runs. Um, and in the red zone, like the, the play calling was abysmal. Like there, there was running it with Dalvin Cook up the middle while we're in the red zone, like, you get nothing from that, man. It's just – not to be too negative, we won the game. and I was fun. That was fantastic. I, I love that. But there's just – this coaching staff, they don't seem to have these guys prepared week in and week out. And like you said, we, we placed the, the Denver Broncos, who are statistically the worst defense in the league. Second uh,
0: worst in history to this Second point. worst
1: in history, yeah. And we couldn't even score touchdowns. Like, that's it, – it's crazy to me. We should have been able to come out there, punch them in the mouth if we were a real team uh and, and take control of that game early but instead we had to we went into halftime on a blunder that shows how ill-prepared we are uh and they're kind of just freelancing out there it's, it's, it's crazy
0: you show that first half to anybody you can't tell me that's a well-coached team two-minute men on the field look at the time management before the half that is a clear indication that that's not a well-coached team and all those penalties to start a football game is a complete lack of discipline by this coaching staff. And another thing, I really want to go off of what you said about the play calling. I thought the play calling between the twenties was fine. I get it. It's a little annoying to see Xavier Gibson in motion and seem to never get an end around. I think he probably leads the league in that, but look (laughs) inside the 10. Again, we want to go with the penalties. How many holding penalties, holding penalties did we have inside the 10 yard line yesterday? There was a good Mm. amount of them and they completely set them back and completely threw them off for the drive but I'm not sure if it's a coaching thing or a quarterback thing. The fact that this quarterback never seems to throw the ball into the end zone or ahead of the sticks. It pissed mm-hmm. how many times this year on third and goal or on third and you know six or five, we're throwing the ball short of the marker. What mm-hmm. are we doing? That yeah. That is a complete loser move. And that's showing me that this coaching staff is, and I'm not going to say that the quarterback played a good game like a lot of Jets Twitter did yesterday. We'll get to him <laughs> in a little bit, but. I don't know if that's the coaching staff or on the quarterback. If he's just not doing what he's asked to do, that's alarming. And these are questions, man. I don't know how our beat reporters never seem They never seem to ask the pressing questions that mm. we want to know. I mean, once in a blue moon, we'll get one. But my my God, I mean, this is, we got to start questioning the play calling inside the 10 and we don't even yeah. roll this kid out on the goal line. This kid, yeah. not once did he roll out inside the 10 yard line. This kid can move. We saw it on the 10, uh, on the two point conversion, uh, against mm. Kansas City. This kid can yeah. make things happen inside the 10, inside the 5 with his legs, and this kid was just a pocket quarterback inside the 10. I mean, what? Mm. Come on. Runs yeah. up the middle with Dalvin Cook are not doing anything. Why not use this mm. quarterback to his strengths? We th- yep. look, Everybody knew first and goal. What are we going to do? We're going to run it up the middle. Mm. Why not mm. let Zach keep one on the outside, and if a guy mm. isn't wide open, maybe Zach can either throw it away or make something happen with his legs. Yep. Clueless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and one thing I've seen a lot, uh, when
1: especially with all the good wide receivers in the league, in the red zone, offensive play callers find ways to get those guys the ball. And I, again, Brees Hall is having a hell of a game. You want him to touch the ball. But God, first and 10 in the red zone, you know they were giving it to Brees Hall. Get an end around. Get, do a play action. Get Garrett Wilson in the flat. Make him have the ability to just make someone miss and walk. Throw fade the one this, on one
0: to the kid, to, to the guy too.
1: Yeah. Do something. And there was just there was nothing there. And again, we won. But Garrett Wilson only caught three balls. Like there you're not winning many games when one of your other best weapons is not involved in the offense. We there was nothing we did to get him involved. And again, Jets fans will tell you we were running the ball so effectively, whatever the case may be. But, again, you're not beating the good teams in that way. We're, we're lucky we played the Denver Broncos. And once we get into the red zone and we play the Philadelphia Eagles, if we kick field goals, the game is over. It's over. You need to score touchdowns to beat the Philadelphia Eagles. And I don't think we're going to have the capability of doing that. And like you said, I don't know if it's Zach Wilson. I think it, part of it is. And I think part of it is Nate Hackett playing – not playing to his player strengths. It was just too – They played not it, to yeah, lose. Yeah, exactly, and then that, that's not how you win ballgames in this league if you want to be a real NFL team.
0: How is there not a coach in that kid's helmet telling him with 13 seconds or whatever how much time was left before the half saying, hey, kid, we'll this ball needs to go into the end zone. It's mm-hmm. either our guy is going to catch it or a guy in the stands is going to catch it. This mm-hmm. ball cannot go before the sticks and inbounds. It needs to be in the end zone or that's it. How, I mean, that 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 to me, I don't think it's on the quarterback, Benny, and, I, and yes. I'm not one of the quarterback's biggest defenders, but you got to be well schooled in this. And I mean, that shows that our coaching staff is just not ready for these moments. And just think before a playoff game or a much bigger game, these types of decisions are going to cost us so big. When it when mm-hmm. it really matters most, bro, and yeah. and and it wasn't even just the first half. The coaching staff made some questionable calls. I mean, what is solid doing asking for a repunt after your punt returner just muffed he one? Fumbled twice. Fumbled twice. twice. Yeah, he yeah. fumbled as well. So he fumbles twice, and you know what? We would have had okay field position. I get it. There was a flag on the Jets as well that would have made it obviously not as good as it should have been. If the, of course we had to have a freaking penalty. How yeah. many penalties did the Jets have yesterday? It was ridiculous. <laughs> but look. We were gonna get the ball back, and this guy. And we're lucky that Denver didn't kick it to the kid. I mean, he could have muffed yep. that one too. He kicked it out of bounds. It was a rocket, and it was a good punt. Yeah. But what is this guy doing? Asking for a re-kick with the lead? That was mm-hmm. clue, dude. That shows me that he had no idea what to do, and he couldn't make the correct call in the spur yep. of the moment. And I don't think any reporter asked him about that either.
1: No, nope. no. Nope. What, what are we why, doing? Why would they? Wait, why would they ask him that question? I, I, I was watching the game, uh, with my boy, and they asked for the replay. And I was like. Gibson is having trouble out there. You don't put him out there again. Uh he 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 fumbled twice. Well, one of them was on the actual like reception itself and one of them was on a run back, but I don't know, man. It's uh th- this coaching staff does a lot of questionable things and I know we won the game so it's going to be masked with positivity where oh, we did this well, we did this well. But again, you have to look past that. You got to take off the green glasses and see that there's a lot more to the nuances of the game that good teams constantly do, and that we do not do, uh, and it's it's all fine and dandy now, and that's why I raised the question, and a lot of Jets fans kind of came at me for it. Where it's even if we have Aaron Rodgers, is this coaching staff able to get the best out of everyone? Are we going to be able to win the big game with this coaching staff because they're going to have to make the decisions, and we're act we're going to be asking Aaron Rodgers to be. The offensive coordinator, more times than not, the quarterback, the the savior that we haven't had in God knows how long, and chances are going to be covering for Robert Sala half the time when Robert Sala has no idea what to do. So we're putting a lot of pressure on a forty year old quarterback now coming off an Achilles, and I just I don't know. I, I like I like the talent on this team, but the coaching is very important to win the big games. That's why guys like Andy Reid are always there. That's why guys like Sean McVay are still getting the best out of their yeah, Mike Tomlin. Yeah, like the, these these are the coaches that no matter how talented or lack or, or how, I don't know, not much talent is on their roster, they still find ways to win because they, they, they do the little things the right way. Uh, and I, I don't trust those coaches to have to do so.
0: And look, Benny. I, it's not even just developing players and the talent that's on your roster. It's the lack of trust that I have with this coaching staff to make the correct in-game management decisions with the clock and what to do. I mean, another fine example that we're not going to talk about because the Jets won the football game. Uh, I forgot what the score was, but there was a, a clear point in the game where they should have been going for a two-point conversion, and mm-hmm. they weren't. I, I'm tr- I'm drawing a blank on when exactly this was. I believe when the game was – I think the Jets were – they just scored a touchdown they they went up by one it might have been 15-13 yeah. it made it so if they went for mm-hmm. two it would have been a field goal game why are you oh, not yeah, that, going why are you not yeah, going was, for two yeah. there
1: yeah that was when bree scored i'm pretty sure and, yes and it late, was on yes. the
0: it was on the bree's talk. okay so great thanks for refreshing my memory you got to go for two there and make this a field goal game what are mm-hmm. we doing what why is the coaching staff not, it, not even a thought of going for mm-hmm. two any team is going for two there coach yep. What's going on? A field goal for the other team. They got the lead. You got to mm. be kidding me. That yep. was terrible. Yep. Uh, Betty, these are the types of calls that in a playoff game and in a big game, or even just forget any game against a quality opponent is going to lose you a football game. And that's why with or without Aaron Rodgers, this coaching staff has not shown any growth in that. And Salah's in-game management is terrible. Terror, there, there was about five blunders in this game that had nothing to do with players, it had nothing to do with anything besides sheer stupidity from Salah. And we are fortunate we didn't lose this game because of it.
1: Yeah, honestly, man. Uh, I when they scored that touchdown, I thought we were going to lose that game late in the fourth quarter. I was, I was like, we're going to find a way to lose this game. Uh, we're, we're lucky the Denver Broncos are who the Denver Broncos are. Uh, and again, we're going to hear it all this week about the positivity uh that we did so well. We won a tough game. It was a game on the road. We battled. We're gonna hear all the good stuff. Uh and why we're probably gonna quote unquote beat the Eagles next week, even though they're a well-oiled machine right now. Um and then obviously next week we're that that defensive line is ferocious. Jalen Carter is a monster. Like that and their off their offensive lines, I think, are gonna manhandle our defensive line. So it's gonna be Another week, and then fans are going to start to realize yet again, look at this coaching staff. We came out unprepared. And look, we're, we're down 10-0 early in the first quarter, and we're going to pray that Zach Wilson plays like how he did against Kansas City, which we know that's not really going to happen again.
0: Well, I'm glad you brought up this defensive line, and and this is another pressing question that our media seems to not ask Sala. Have you seen Quinnen Williams this year? He's getting paid, what, $25 million? He's getting paid right below Aaron Donald. He – Uh, Look, I'm not looking for good plays on the goal line against Russell Wilson. All right. I want to see Quentin Williams disrupt the game and be a constant force. The Jets best two players on the defensive line yesterday were Jermaine Johnson and Bryce Huff. And honestly, I don't even think Quentin Williams was the best defensive tackle on the field yesterday for the Jets. I think that was Quentin Jefferson and Al Woods. By the way, Joe Douglas deserves a lot of props for for bringing those two guys in. They've really been an upgrade on the defensive line. But and Williams is not living up to the contract that he's been given, and it's a real concern for this team. Again, Mm. where was he? You can't give me the double teams excuse, Benny, because look, if you're getting paid that much money, do double teams phase Aaron Donald? Do do double teams phase Chris Jones? Do double teams phase a prime Fletcher Cox? Like This is the type of class that the Jets are paying and Williams to be in, and Um. he's simply not rising to the occasion. And solid, just we don't we let him right off the hook because he's a nice guy. Quentin Williams, mm-hmm. come on!
1: Yeah, no, I I, I actually tweeted that. Um, I forgot what play it was. I, I'm pretty sure it may have been on when Russell Wilson ran for a first down. And I just
0: seen all the multiple quarterbacks of are a big yeah. problem for this team, Benny.
1: Oh, 100%. And I just, it didn't seem like it, I'm pretty sure Quentin Williams had a one on one with his guy, and everyone else kind of wonder. They're one-on-ones, and Quentin was just stalled. They were just like, what are we doing here? And I tweeted it uh, that, again, maybe it was a little harsh initially that Quentin Williams is stealing money right now. But at the end of the day, I, and then I seen all the fanboys starting to attack me, so I deleted the tweet because I, I couldn't deal with that in that moment. But it's just when you're paying a guy over $20 million, you need to impact every single game. I'm not. It's not okay to have a sack here and maybe a sack in two more games he got paid to be the disruptor that he was last year. Twelve and a half sacks, and at this point, we're four games in, five games in, and he has yet to record a sack. I don't want to hear about the pressures, all the double teams, like you said. That means nothing. Even, seen in game, even in the run game,
0: even in the run game, he hasn't been good, Benny.
1: Their teams have been running right at him, right at him. So it's, I don't know, man. It's a lot of Jets fans don't want to hear it because they love Quentin Williams, and listen, he's a freaking terrific guy. But he got paid for. Or, what he did last year. And that's what we need when you're making $24 million a year. You need to be, oh, he's a defensive tackle. They're not supposed to get sacks. Well, when you're getting paid $24 million, you need 10 plus sacks.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Look, to be honest with you, I think that they need to make the requisite adjustments this week playing Jalen Hurts a mobile quarterback because last week and even the week before against Patrick Mahomes, we just allow the mobile quarterback to run rough shot over us that wide nine that the jets love to run. And these stunts, it's not going to work because what's going to mm-hmm. happen is Jalen hurts. A very agile quarterback is going to find his way around that and find the opening and completely exploit us. If nobody's home, I, I saw that they, what they did was they adjust and they had Bryce Huff kind of be like the QB spy. Cause Bryce Huff can obviously move. they got to find somebody, man, that's got some wheels and that can contain Jalen Hurts in the pocket and make him a pocket quarterback and make him beat you with his arms and not just run all over the place on this defense. So it starts with Quinn Williams up front. It goes all the way until, and by the way, I honestly, I think Carl Lawson should be playing as much as as much as it sucks to say, well, McDonald's not better than Carl Lawson right now. I'm sorry. Even At least Carl Lawson's a little bit of a bigger body. You can put him out there against the run. McDonald is not earning his place on the team right now. I don't care mm-hmm. if he was a first-round pick. Carl Lawson's probably a better player as long as he's here. So this defensive line, they have their work cut out for them against a really stout Eagles offensive line that's got players all over that offensive line. And if this team gets pushed around the line of scrimmage, it's going to be a long day, man. It really is.
1: Um, yeah, the Eagles are doing a terrific job. Uh, I mean, we all knew even, even last year they had one of the best offensive lines in the league. They got another dynamic back. DeAndre Swift is having a hell of a year. Uh we we obviously know what uh, what Jalen could do. Um and I think we're gonna struggle. And again, I hate to be that guy, but I think we're gonna struggle. I think we've led up way over a hundred yards rushing uh mm-hmm. every game this year outside of Buffalo. I and mean, that's just that that seems to be our Achilles heel. Uh, and that's what the Philadelphia Eagles happen to do really, really well, um, whether it be quarterback sneaks or little screen passes doing whatever. Um, maybe A.J. Brown doesn't have a, a, a huge game going up against our corners. Cool, whatever. But I, yeah. I think we're going to struggle. I think we will struggle.
0: And, and to be honest with you, I think the Jets were lucky that Denver went away from that McLaughlin guy. He was killing us all day. So, and I, fe- yep. I feel like in the second half, he barely did anything because he barely got the ball. They were using some P. Ryan. And we were so lucky when Sauce. Uh, went off the field for and I was really nervous about him when he got hurt. I saw him down on the ground. I mean, they put in that guy, uh James, I think it is off the practice yeah, yeah, yeah. squad. Number 31. Mm-hmm. How was the first play not a freaking go out to that guy over there or yep. at Bryce Hall, who, by the way, Bryce Hall played a good game as much as we've gotten on him before. Yeah. Bryce Hall played pretty good. I mean, he had that ridiculous holding penalty of course on that two point conversion, but that was probably yeah. for two if he didn't hold Uh, But Bryce Hall, he he picked up a fumble. By the way, I mean, when's the last time the Jets recovered five fumbles (laughs) in football? I don't think that's happened in franchise history. So, uh, look, I don't know. Denver really bailed out the Jets a little bit. I think they did even dumber decisions with their coaching staff. But, uh, look, you bring up a really good point, though, about the Eagles. And and this is another big reason why the Jets don't start off the game before we transition to the offensive line and the shuffling and the quarterback Mm -hmm. throw. I don't know. And I take so much heat on this from fanboys and, and even people that are a lot more, <laughs> more negative like me, who is always the freaking catalyst behind the slow starts of this defense. It's CJ Mosley. He gets run by by these guys. It looks like he's not. Show, I mean, I don't know. If he's, I'm sure he's showing effort, but he just looks so slow and lethargic to start off games. And he always has a terrible penalty at the beginning of games. He's mm-hmm. he's the catalyst of it, bro they got to come out sharper, and he's a big reason why. And all the people out there, it's like, oh, Mosley's great. He's the captain of the defense. I've never once said C.J. Mosley is a bad player. All I say is you cannot put him in this elite category of off-ball linebackers in the NFL. He's just not. He's a good player, but look at what he's making. He's not this X factor that these Jet fans think he's the second coming of Ray Lewis are. You, you yeah. see what I'm saying here? Is that being yeah. unreasonable? And is do you see that as well when the games start? Yeah, I actually do, man. And listen, I,
1: I, I've been in those conversations where people kind of come at you for, for saying that it's about C.J. Mosley. Yeah, um, but listen, we all we hear is C.J. Mosley is the heart and soul of the defense. He he calls out all, all the adjustments. He does all the great things, right? That's all we hear about. So when we start off slow defensively, why doesn't he get more of that attention? Because he's supposed to be the guy that's orchestrating everything. He's supposed to be the brains. He's supposed to be whatever. Uh, and when we start off slow, it's it's never on CJ Mosey's uh fault, right? So never, I see that. Um, and it it is kind of crazy to say. And I was I was extremely wrong about Quincy. I, I thought I was I was I, almost ready to not sign him this offseason. <laughs> be Benny, honest. I
0: told. I told all those people getting on me about Mosley about three weeks ago. I said Quincy Williams is the best linebacker this team has. And they were all like, Oh, you don't know what you uh, <laughs> they were all uh, look, I'd say that looks pretty good right now. And by the way, Quincy yeah. Williams needs to be used more on blitz packages because my yes. God, man, he's a heat-seeking missile out there. Yep. yep. But yeah, Quincy's awesome. And 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 Mosley, he's a good player, bro. Like, I'm not trying to say that he's a scrub and you know, but for what we're paying him, and the people want to ignore. And also, this was happening at the beginning of the game, right? I was even, I was kind of like, oh, well, wh- where's C.J. Mosley during all this? Another guy, another another guy just runs right past him off the edge. Those mm-hmm. those those crack plays, those toss cracks on the outside kill the Jets. You know why? Every time. Because C.J. Mosley's not fast enough, bro, with these guys. But yeah. no one wants to admit it. And also, he gets a stupid penalty. When, whenever things are going bad, you can count on the C.J. Mosley killer penalty. Yeah. And he had a great game yesterday outside the first quarter and a half. Absolutely yeah. had a great game. But mm-hmm. I don't know. He's another one that's slow getting off the gate.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now this the defense as a whole needs to find ways uh, to to definitely start off faster. Um, But man, Quincy is. I want to give credit to Quincy. Quincy's all over the field. Uh, He's even. I know he was always that heat-seeking missile, like in in years past, where he was always looking for the big hit. Always, he was always extremely athletic and explosive. But now it seemed like it's finally clicked for him. The mental aspect of the game. He knows where to be. He knows where to be in coverage. Like I, I know he was horrible in coverage last year, but. Teams aren't taking advantage targeting him, and I agree. Really, he needs to be used. I know we don't blitz necessarily too heavy, and they gotta that's never going to be our identity as a defense. But man, he he gets to the quarterback quick, quick, quick. Um, I would I would definitely love to see him uh, just more often.
0: Yeah, no, I I absolutely agree with you there. And and they got to use him more as a blitzer, man. He's our fastest player probably on defense that that isn't a quarterback or a safety. So uh, I want to transition a little bit to the quarterback. I mean, I see all these things where, oh, he improved 72% completion percentage. But Benny, the eye test didn't pass it for me yesterday. All right, I get it. He made the nice throw to Conklin on third down. He made that one nice throw to Garrett Wilson. I didn't think it was that great of a throw either on third down. I thought if he hit Garrett Wilson on a line. Garrett Wilson might have beat that guy and been off to the races, but a lot of, you know, Garrett yeah. Wilson had to slide for that ball on third down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, look, we're getting to the point where he's, he, he, it looks like a serviceable NFL backup at this mm-hmm. point. And, and he, and a lot of fans are thinking, well, this is a star in the making. He's improving. Look, if he was a rookie, I would say, yeah, honestly. Yeah. It, it looks pretty good. He's a rookie. He hasn't really mm-hmm. played a lot of football, but this is his third year, Benny, and we're out here taking victory laps because this kid is making the most simplest throws. What are we doing here?
1: Yeah, nah, it's it is a tough balance, right? Cause we've seen Zach Wilson be one of the worst quarterbacks in NFL history. Quite literally worse than Jamarcus Russell, right? Um, so when when he does the the very minor things where I, again I'm not gonna kill him for that interception, it was not a great ball. Garrett could have made a play
0: on it. Eh, I think that interview. interception helped them. I, I really think, Benny, if they kicked that ball through the uprights, Denver was scoring a touchdown. We lost. I was. Yeah, maybe. Maybe might be I, right about that. I, I I think that that helped them. I think that yeah. the longer field through. <laughs> Bet Benny. In a weird a way, wall. I was like, this isn't the worst case scenario here. <laughs> if you would have caught it in the end zone, I would have been tight. But
1: yeah, I was but, like, uh,
0: long field. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> oh, no, no, you're good, man. It's uh, I, I'm not gonna kill him for that, but. So I don't know. A lot of Jets fans they see the seventy-two percent or seventy percent co- completion percentage. I know he was just shy, just shy of two hundred yards, and it's oh wow, look, he's improving. He's doing, he's doing all these He's amazing things. And yes, he, like you said, he's improving from the worst thing, worst quarterback in NFL history to a serviceable backup. But let's not give him a gold jacket. Let's not say, oh, we're going to go to the playoffs now because Zach Wilson has improved. He he hasn't gotten to that level yet. I know he. He had that terrific game versus KC, and listen, if he was really taking that next step, this Denver Broncos defense is an absolute joke, right? And there was plenty of time where he missed open guys. Where I'm not, I'm not, I'm not gonna say the, the typical uh, version of him, but there was a few times he had Garrett Wilson open on a crosser, Garrett Wilson open in, in certain areas of the field, and we missed them, right? And it's just the, the little, the little things that need to happen more often, more consistently before I could. Get on any kind of Zach Wilson train, because and I know Jets fans are going to ride on. Oh, but he made the adjustment at the line. He hit Conklin, and that was a terrific throw. But we Jets fans seem to live and die by those one or two amazing plays every week that Zach Wilson shows. It's like, but but what happened outside of those plays? He he didn't he didn't flash. He didn't do anything. And to be honest, we were running the running the damn ball all game. So they just they they didn't allow Zach Wilson to mess things up. It was we're going to hand the ball off to Brees Hall. I think he almost had 20 touches and take the game out of Zach Wilson's hand. So I'm not, I'm not getting on the Zach Wilson high premium.
0: And he tried so hard to put that ball on the ground yesterday. He really did. Uh, so yeah. uh, jet fans, you got to relax. We'll see. I think the game plan against the Eagles is going to mimic a lot of what we did against Kansas city, which you, you saw this week. They don't trust the kid that that game plan against Kansas city was at a sheer desperation yes. losing 17 to nothing to the defending champs. They were thinking, what do we have to lose at this point? And they caught lightning in a bottle against the Chiefs. Will they yeah. do that again this week? Probably, because let's be honest, until we see otherwise, defense is probably going to start slow. We'll be playing from behind, yes. and, and they might have to just open it up completely and just say, mm-hmm. you know what, let's go out there and fling it around and see what happens. So I definitely agree with you there. And and uh, just real quick before uh, we wrap up the program here, AVT out for the year, typical Jets. I'm not going to do the whole shtick sh- of, 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 of course, the Jets, they're cursed. I get it, man. It's never easy. It, it, it never is easy. But what's that? What's crying over it going to do? It's not going to bring him back, and it's not going to change anything. So we just have to go off of how we can proceed from here. Look, just a couple of quick takeaways from my perspective. AVT, man, you, I don't know if you can pick up the fifth-year option. He's not going to be ready to play next year. The Jets are going to have to find the tackle to start off next season. I think Joe Douglas, and it might be an unpopular take right now, he's been pretty good at reading the room. Granted, he didn't go out there and sign a veteran quarterback right away. They, I don't know what went into that decision. Maybe it went beyond Douglas. But look, when Brees Hall went down last year with an, with an ACL tear, he went out and got James Robinson the same week. I really hope Joe Douglas goes out there and signs Lael Collins to a two-year deal to where he can be their right tackle this year and then next year as well. So we have one less hole in the offseason. Hopefully he plays well. Maybe you can structure it to where maybe you can get out of it at the end of the year and, and not mm. have to eat a ton of money if he really stinks. Uh, yeah. and, and one spot, and we can have some type of continuity begin next year on the offensive line because, man, Max Mitchell and, and Billy Turner, it, it's a gut punch, man. It really, it's very hard to be excited about that because I really don't think Dwayne Brown is going to come back and play for this team this year. I really don't. I think he's heading towards retirement.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with you, man. And to go even a little bit past the AVT thing in Salah's press conference just now, he he did mention the fact that uh, Beckton's knee is hurting, and in his words, more of a reason. Bad. So, yeah, you got to go out there. You got to find another reinforcement because we've seen all training camp, all whatever, when uh, Billy Turner and Max Mitchell were out there, they were nothing short of an embarrassment. Um, and if you want to continue to win certain ball games and have a remnant of a season, uh, you can't go out there trot- trotting those guys out there. Um, so, it's a move has to be made. It sucks for AVT. Uh, I know he, he wasn't having a, a terrific year this year, but we were, per usual, we, we move him around. Every other week, so it's hard for him to get comfortable in a certain spot. Uh, but man, it, it hurts, it, it definitely hurts. Um, it's just we're, we're gonna have to make a move. Uh, thank god Joe Titman is, is playing relatively well. Uh, and it, it's gonna be interesting to see if he was playing well because he had a pretty solid guy next to him. Uh, in Elijah Barrett Tucker, it's gonna be interesting to see how Joe Titman holds up if Billy Turner is next to him or. If, if Max Mitchell's next to him, where where Joe's gonna have to take a little bit more of the responsibility and and more onus on the right side, but it's 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 not an ideal situation to be in, especially when Zach Wilson's your quarterback. Uh, it's it sucks, man. It, yeah, it there's no other gross. way to
0: slice it. That's why I think Douglas and he, and you could even play devil's advocate here, Benny. Because look, if you if Becton is out next week and you have Turner and Mitchell as your bookend tackles, I can't even believe I'm saying that out loud. But if one of them happens to go down, then who's playing, right? Uh, who? Carter Warren? Is he out of the witness protection program yet? Where's he? So it would yeah. behoove. I know they worked out DJ Fluker, but he's another guy. Has he not played in like three years? Because like, yeah. he, he, like, come on. Is that really the best yeah. that we can do? <laughs> Collins is out there. And, and what's intriguing about Collins is you could probably sign him to a two-year deal to where he's here next year as well as your right tackle. And hopefully he plays well enough to where you can go into next year with him at right tackle, and if he's playing well, you can move AVT back to guard, all right, and you can move Tipman to center, and then we're singing Kumbaya. That would be a ideal scenario for the Jets, but I don't know, man. Hopefully Douglas does it. It would make a ton of sense, but you can't sell me as a Jet fan losing our best offensive lineman. With Max Mitchell and Billy Turner playing tackle next week and even just beyond that. I get it if Collins isn't ready to play next week. I'm just talking about for the rest of the season. You can't sell me on one of those guys being your right tackle. You you can't do it, man. You gotta you gotta show the team that we have some faith here. We're two look, we're two and four, all right, before the bye. We were hoping for three and three with Rodgers before the bye. We're yeah. two and four. We should have beat the Patriots. I put that game solely on the coaching staff looking back yes. at it. Solely yes. on the coaching staff. At the time I said nope, it's all on the quarterback. Looking back at it, that game was on coaching, solely yes. on coaching. That team stinks in New England, and we are yeah. so timid going in there and playing against them. It's not even funny. That game plan was complete crap going and playing yeah. in New England, all on coaching that game. We should be 3-2. Mm-hmm. and two. I'm not even going to count the Kansas City game, but these, the team is in these games, Benny, except mm-hmm. for the Dallas game. We've been competing. Look, we're, we're going to be 2-4 and four probably before the bye. we got to show the team, look, guys, after the bye, we we got some winnable games here. We want to go yes. and try to make the playoffs for the first time in 13 years. So yep. that type of move would be inspiring, not only the fan base but the whole locker room as well.
1: Yes, I agree. Uh, going into the bye week now, uh, oh, after this week, it's an ideal situation where you get a guy in, say you get Collins in now, whatever, and he you give him two weeks to get acclimated to a certain extent, and and then and then you kind of move forward for, at, at that point because like you said coming off that bye we have a lot of winnable games. The Giants as bad as we are, they're more of an embarrassment. I think we play the loss, uh the Raiders after that. They're they're an embarrassment of of what the hell is going on over there. So there's winnable games. Um say you start off 2 and 4 going into the bye. You could win the next two pretty like they're, it's realistic and you could be 4 and 4 and there's a lot of there's a lot of works places to be at. Are we going to make the playoffs? I highly doubt it. But man, give the team a chance and you're not going to do so trotting out Billy Turner out. <laughs> Benny, they, they really,
0: Benny, it's not that crazy for this team to make the playoffs, all right? They're at 2-4, yeah, and yeah. four, and look, they've been in these games. Whether they, yeah. whether it's been pretty or not, why a good coaching staff to me would bring this team to the playoffs this year, even with Wilson not playing the best. I mean, they yeah. should at least be playing meaningful games in December. Like, the season should not be over at Thanksgiving or even earlier, all right? Yeah. This yeah. team, come December 1st, should be in the graphic, in the hunt at the worst-case scenario. I don't want to hear this crap about Rodgers going down, about AVT going down. I don't care who goes down. This mm-hmm. team should be playing meaningful games come December, all yep. right? Th- th- there's no gray area here. All right? This yep. coaching staff should not be getting a gray pass. And if Douglas wants to sit back on his hands and knees and and just completely let the season get away from him and play Billy Turner at right tackle or Max Mitchell, who you saw look horrible all throughout camp, mm-hmm. th- they deserve to face the music for this. They're yes. not even going to try Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they do here, man. Because it, right now you have to do something to restore some type of faith with everyone yeah. involved.
1: Yep, hundred percent, hundred percent. And going into the buy, it's, it's just I think the buy is coming at a, at a perfect time for us. Where and I'm happy that we kind of got through the gauntlet of our schedule and now things quote unquote get easier. It, it never gets fully easier in the NFL? Uh, but we have an opportunity here to to definitely go uh, four and four in the first. Eight games, and you, you you said it. You never know what happens. The AFC isn't as great as what everyone made it out to be. Uh, obviously, Buffalo is dealing with their share of injuries in the past few weeks. Uh, who's to say their defense? The whole league deals with injuries, yeah, man. Yeah, it's not it's, an excuse. Oh yeah, no excuse. And uh, the Bengals are struggling. I know they had a breakout game versus Arizona. Cool, whatever. But they they're, they don't look as prolific. We know the Chargers are going to her Like the the AFC is open. You, you you go four and four in the first eight. Anything could genuinely happen. Uh, but we, we just got to get there, and it, it starts, unfortunately, this week. Uh, We've we, we got to make a move because offensive line is going to be huge for us moving forward.
0: My last note to everyone and to you, Benny, on on no excuses. The Jets do not travel for a football game until November 12th. They are pretty much staying in the state of New Jersey up until that point, because that game against the Giants is technically a road game, a giant home yes. game. So mm-hmm. uh, it'll be interesting to see the, the demographics between Giant and Jet fans at that game with the season the Giants have had. So uh, something to keep an <laughs> eye on there. Yeah. Uh, so look, man, there's no excuses. And uh, I'm trying to keep, I'm trying to stay positive, man. I mean, you could be so negative for so long. And I think part of the thought process that I have is after Rodgers got down, I know everyone will say, just wait, but could it get any lower? Yeah, it would, right. Right, yeah, like honestly, I, yeah. I love, I love all the guys and whatnot, but like there was really no other player that is replace. Right, Rod. Every player to me is kind of replaceable, but Aaron Rodgers. So, yeah, it can't get worse than that. So yeah. I'm trying to to. You can only be so negative all the time, bro. And yeah. and they won. I get it. I know. Oh, <laughs> they want to hear all the hoopla? But they won. I mean, if they lost, I'd be sitting here screaming the whole time. But, um, look, let's just see what happens. What do you say?
1: Yeah, man, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be an interesting week. Um, but we'll we'll see what management does, and we'll see how. Uh, I pray, I honestly pray, if we have any any chance at all, Makai um, Beckton actually plays this week. But uh, but we'll see. Coach said he's he's optimistic, and he thinks he'll be <laughs> he'll be on IR. fine. So yeah, we, we know what that means later in the week. But uh, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. <laughs>
0: well, well, Benny, always a pleasure talking to you on here. I'm sure I'll talk to you throughout the week. But uh, take care, and I'll talk to you soon.
1: All right, later, brother.
0: And that will do it for today's episode of the Jets Way podcast. Please leave us that five star review, follow, subscribe, wherever you get your podcast. We will talk to everyone again on Thursday, previewing the Eagles game. No matter what, folks, keep the faith. Go Jets.